Hi, I'm Leslie Adamas, and welcome to Race Forward, a weekly podcast on God and race relations. This is a progressive, faith-filled conversation that will anger you, encourage you, and equip you. Thanks again for joining us today. You picked a great day to listen in. Here is my friend and the host of Race Forward, Pastor Chuck Allen. Hey, everybody, and thanks for joining us on another episode of Race Forward, God in Race Relations. And as always, I'm here with my friend Karan Boston and Mal Manessis. And today we have invited one of my dear friends, Valerie, to join us, who is genuinely one of the most genuine, wonderful people I have ever known. And the best way I could describe her, Karan, is when Jenny and I have somebody we need to pray for, uh, we call Val. Because she is, she's the prayer warrior, and that's who we count on. And so, uh, Karan, give us a shout out. And I know you have a burning question that you want to ask me and Mal today. What's going on, fellas, ladies, gents, dogs, and cat little children, everybody who's listening? The burning question of the day in our light segment is this. I got to know. So I get greeted by people I know all the time and people I don't know all the time, but they know me. So I know this, that there is a way in which you greet somebody that you know and love, and there's a whole totally different way you greet somebody that you don't That is love. absolutely true, isn't it? I mean, I know people, and I can see them coming from 50 yards away, and I know exactly how they're going to greet me, and some of them I turn away from. You know what I'm saying? I got this one guy at church, bro. I got this one guy at church, and every time he sees me, he hugs me and then he then he like gives me this little shoulder massage. And I had to say to him, bro, no, you don't ever do that to me again. That's wrong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's greet some greetings are like over the top. I can't do it. So Karan, when when what how do you greet people naturally? All right. So naturally, I don't know if it's because of my heritage or where I'm from. Naturally, I come in with don't a whole blaming, don't, hey, don't be blaming your greeting on the fact that you're black, bro. Let, let, no, you got you got to notice this, though. Now, when I say it, you're going to recognize it. I okay. come in with a horizontal hand that is sometimes <laughs> angled a slightly upward, and I say, what's up, man? How you doing? Now, if I'm doing that, that obviously means we're not doing a gentleman shake where we're going to do a business deal. That means give me some dap, show me some love. I might even wrap behind you and tap the back of your shoulder one time. But it's so many times where I'm like horizontal slash slightly upward angle saying, what's up, man? And I get somebody pull my hand down and shake it like they're meeting the vice president of the United States. It makes no sense to me. Tell me why. <laughs> all right. That, you know, I, when you, when you're saying all that, I, I think about the many times that you and I have greeted each other and no kidding, you do the same thing with me. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what you do. I mean, that's funny. So like, like when I, when I, my natural greeting with people is for the most, my preference is a fist bump. It's like, yo, what's okay. up? how are you doing? Good to see you. You know? And like, if I'm talking to old guys like me, it's like, Hey man, good to see you kind of thing, you know? And so like, if like, I look at it this way, like if you're 60 or older, like I am, it's like, like a, the man shake, you know? Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, good to see you. You know, you, you drop, shake, yeah. yeah, you drop your voice down an octave, you know, and you sound more manly and you squeeze the hand real hard. Then if they're like like under 60, it's more like a fist bump or like the man hug where he's just like, yo, how you doing? Kind of thing. And then but you don't really want to touch that kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I mean, hugging's not really my deal. You know, it's like, bro, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. 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 Now that- uh, help us understand being the brown dude in a room. How, 
how do you greet people? Okay, I'm going to have to split up the group of friends that I have. And my... <laughs> Because uh, my Latino friends, you know, there's a saying in Mexico that you're not really good friends on, on, on unless you can cuss each other out when you see each other. You know, it's like, hey, you blah, 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 you know, in, in Espanol. So I guess I could say it. Nobody. All in the name of Jesus, right? Oh, and I don't, I don't, you know, that's what they say to me when, you know, I don't, I don't say bad words. Of course you know, not. Of course yeah, not. No, no, no. And, and and then you know just the you know the little right shoulder tap you know or the you know just a little hand you know the your palm touching and the fist bump and the, but it, it's definitely for the church friends you know it's like hey what's up man you know everybody's trying to be cool because I'm brown and you know they're trying to kind of get down to my level <laughs> for the out of the church friends is a whole different game bro. hey so like it, so so when so when white people come up and they want to give you a hug do you do you are you thinking they're worried about you stealing their wallet or them stealing yours. Are you like, Oh grandma? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I just wanted yeah, to make, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like, uh, I, I've seen how you greet people, but remind us what's your natural greeting Val. I mean, I would say, first of all, I grew up in the South, so we hug. I mean, yeah, that's what we do. We hug, we I shake mean, hands. Has there ever we... been a time that you and I've greeted each other that we didn't hug? I mean, well, sometimes we fist bump, I would say, since Corona, but prior to Corona, probably a hug, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah, I think Quran's onto something, and I know Mal's onto something. We all have cultural ways we approach everything. I mean, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the baggage is we brought to life, that's how we deal it. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about church a little in a backward sense. Like, we often talk about, okay, how, how does a white church attract uh, African-American, black and brown people. But uh, Valerie has a unique history of being a part of a lot of different, unique and diverse churches. And so, Val, one of the things we wanted to hear from you is tell us a little bit of what you learned about what it's like when you're a white person that walks into a predominantly black church and what's that experience like? You know, one of the things that stood out to me the most in that time was that I had this really keen sense of my whiteness. Um, it's just like an overwhelming awareness of myself that I don't typically carry around in my day-to-day -day interactions. Mm. And you know, when you walk in that room, you suddenly... Um, are aware that everyone is looking at you. And I don't think it's just a, oh, I think everyone's looking at me insecurity. I think it legitimately everyone was looking at me because, you know, I'm the only white person in the room. There's just a, just a real awareness of yourself that, that takes place that I realized that I don't have in my day-to-day -day life. When I go to the store, when I go to my kid's school, or when I go really anywhere, I don't have that um, awareness in the same way. I think in my business career, I have had some of that being a female in a predominantly male leadership industry. And so I may be the only female executive in a room. And there, that, there's a similarity in some of those feelings, but there's nothing that's quite like just being aware of the color of your skin being a thing in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, this is fascinating to me, the concept of 
uh, recognizing who you are in your own skin yes. and recognizing that your skin doesn't fit the room. Yeah. You know, I mean, Quran, I bet you've had this in the reverse and you kind of oh, do at the church you serve, frankly, you know, Boy, I mean, Allah. yeah. So I like when Valerie talks about the awareness of kind of who you are in the moment, mm-hmm. uh, What's it like? What's, what was it like the first time you walked into Sugar Hill Church and thought, dang, I might actually work here, but I don't know if I fit here? Well, shoot, man, I, I'll just start by saying this. Valerie, I'm with you. I'll give you a nice welcome to the family hug of getting looked that weird because uh, there's not a single day being a black person in America. There's not a single day where you wake up and you're not reminded that you're black mm. in some form or fashion, especially uh, being a young professional or being a professional at all. Uh, oftentimes mm-hmm. we work in spaces where we don't dominate and we work in space and not by dominate in the sense of being the better, but dominate in the sense of having more numbers. Uh, yeah, that are equal. Right. Yeah. And so we, we know that feeling way too often and being able to worship in a context with brothers and sisters in Christ that you know and love and you've developed great relationships with that are white or that are brown and you step foot in their spaces, uh, it's still a very question mark popping up in my head as I'm taking every step into the building. It's okay, uh, does that is that person cool with me being here? Is right. this person cool with me being here? Or and then when I get involved in the worship setting is like, are are we gonna is this is are we staying true to this style of worship today or are we gonna do right. Right. Something that's more tailored yeah. to everybody else in the room. Mal, I know I know you want to weigh in here and ask Val this question, but I want to tee you up a little bit because you know, Valerie, it's one thing to rec- recognize you walk in a room and you know, okay, wait a minute, my skin tone doesn't fit here. But it's a whole nother thing to recognize, wait a minute, my worship may not fit here. So Mal, weigh in a little bit here and give us a thought from a from the brown man's perspective, because okay. honestly, you experience the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I I have become more aware of that since I have a white wife because I wear my brownness like a diamond ring. You know, I'm proud of it. So, you know, wherever I go, I'm, I'm proud of it. And and I I guess I stopped noticing if people were looking at me weird or not. But Laura has been, I guess, my gauge in that. And she's always like, you know, did you notice this and that? Um, because, you know, she she she's looking out for me and she gets offended when people are looking at me weird. But I only honestly don't notice. And I, 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 I think that uh, um, speaking about Sugar Hill Church, I, I love where we're going and, and uh, what the things that we're doing intentionally to to get to a point where we are that where we don't even notice uh, other people in a different color. We're just people. And you, if you are of a different color, you don't feel awkward um, because you are a different color. You're just walking in a room to worship with other people. And, and I would love to ask Val, um, in, in your opinion, I, I know you're very involved in at Sugar Hill Church, but what, what are some practical steps that you think we could take to to accomplish this? I mean, this is a coming from a brown guy that feels that, you know, there are a lot of things that we need to do that have to happen before we we get there. But I think that we're making good progress. But how do you see it from your white perspective being, you know, the majority at, at our church? So I think um, I would say a couple of things there. Um, one is in terms of our church, I think that there's steps that we can take to make the face of our church um, really 
reflect our community and reflect heaven. And I think um, that is very clearly not all white. And so uh, my prayer has been for years and continues to be that uh, God would bring people to our church and to teach us how to make it a place where they want to be um, so that we can have this community that looks like what heaven is going to look like. And that means on the stage, it means at the front doors, it's the greeters. It means whatever our online services and leadership that's being broadcast out looks like. Um, and I think that the, the push towards that, I think is important because that's our face, just like any organization, your face to your clients or your face to your community or your face to your congregation matters. And so I think whatever our face is needs to reflect God's kingdom. And so that's been my prayer. And, yeah, and I would say, I agree, I agree. yeah, just to speak to the worship piece, um, coming into an all black church and um, certainly that worship style, service style, and all of that is quite different and unique. Um, and I think you gotta tell them how Valerie. They ain't never been. You gotta tell them how. Listen, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> um, but it, so you know, in the black church, there's, um, I mean, obviously, lots of demonstrative types of worship, um, dancing, and um, you know, loud yelling. There could be dancing in the aisles. There could be people speaking in tongues. There could be somebody laid out on a pew. It could be any a number of things, and it could be that the service started at 11 and, and you may get out at one thirty. You, you may not, it may be two o'clock. It's just the service will just kind of go on. And then there's always the never ending song, right? So that song just, just hang on that last bridge, <laughs> that last verse. And it just yeah. keeps going. It might be 20 minutes and you still on the same song. That's absolutely true. That's right. absolutely true. <laughs> and you got somebody. Hey, so, uh, yeah. So Val on the, on the, on that worship side, I mean, um, I've talked with Mal and Quran a lot about this, but it it feels like it's a shame that we we can mention demonstrative worship in a predominantly black church or brown church. And it, it's a shame to me that we don't naturally connect that with any church. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. so I, I guess, you know, one, I know what a prayer warrior you are, uh, but like what, what specifically would you be praying? Like, what do you pray for, for your church to become? I mean, just gut level, honest with no, I mean, no hide it and worry about it. But what is it that you, what is it you pray for your church to become? My heart for our church is that we would be free to worship God. And that means Amen. that, that whether we're in, you know, and I, I mentioned this to Quran in one of our previous conversations, you know, standing in that black church, I had kind of a revelation moment. And that was, it doesn't matter if my worship looks like hers or his or doesn't, we are worshiping the same God. And that God yeah. is the same yesterday, today and forever. And it's not about whether I look like this person next to me or don't look like this person next yeah. to me, it's about my heart and that worship yeah. offered to a God that is worthy of our worship period. Yeah. And so my heart yeah. for our 
churches that we would be free to express to God openly that he is worthy of our worship. And if that means like I have done before that I end up on my knees in a moment of just overwhelming gratitude Mm -hmm. to God, if it means that I'm Mm -hmm. a reckless abandon with my arms open wide to him and just thanking him um, or, or desperately pleading with him for things in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that, I want it to be, that when we come in that church, it's not about the style of worship or I like this song or don't like this song. That when we come in, we would offer our hearts and just say, God, you are worthy of my praise and I will give you it with all of my being because you breathed the breath in me that enables me to do so. Yeah, preach. Let me preach. Let, preach. let me get my towel out real quick and fan her down. <laughs> like, I also want to clarify. Let me clarify for some people who may be lost in the message. First, I'm going to clarify this. When we say demonstrative worship, we are saying expressive worship, not demonic yeah. worship. Don't get back You're saying expressive worship, worship that is quite like, you know, I find it, I find it hard sometimes to go to sports events where people will get so fired up. And that a yes. person has scored a goal and they start jumping up and down full of excitement. They start hugging and high-fiving random strangers. But when a pastor tells you about the goodness of the Lord and what he has done for you in your life, you sit there still and you say, I ought to take this in and just reflect. You've oh taken God. it in and reflected it before. That's why you've come to Christ. But at some point, there ought to be a celebratory way yeah. of it. Expressing that. Yes. And so, and this is not to say that the black church gets that right. It's just to say that the culture is comfortable with you having in a, a chance to express your gratitude to the one who's paid his yeah. all for you. And that can be yes. done in white churches as well. And so there's a middle ground there that I would love, I would love for us to explore. There's plenty of people out there that I know that are as white as the walls that I'm looking at in this room yeah. Yeah. who have it been impacted by what Jesus has done and has been freed up in a worship experience, but will go back to their church or will go back to their friend circles where they are very, rather stoic, if I want to use that word, rather yeah. emotionless, because they feel ashamed. They feel like they have to hold on to their quote unquote dignity where that's ridiculous. Our dignity comes from the Lord. David danced out of his doggone clothes for crying out loud. And all I'm expressing here is that the ability to worship God outside of a motionless context is not race specific. There you go. It's not race specific. That might be the clincher right there in that, um, you know, Karan, when you said it, it's not to say that the African-American church has got it figured out. It's it's more the sense that like everything else, when we talk about racing forward and God and race relations, it's like if we're not careful, we let the extremes do all the talking. Yes. It's like mm-hmm. we will make the assumption that if you attend a black church, then you're swinging from the chandeliers. If you attend a brown church, then you're, you're going to always eat and be there for three hours. Or if you attend a white church, then you're going to sit on your hands and you're going to hear some stoic up there talk about three points in a poem. And, you know, when we let the extremes do the talking for us, we we miss that 80 percent of the power of God that's pouring out to us. And, and we forget that the guy over here that's got three points in a poem needs the fire of God to light his rear end up. 
And mm-hmm. it's possible the other stream needs somebody to say, but you need some discipleship in your life. And somewhere in the middle, I think Jesus is saying, I want my church back. Amen. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Val, one of the things that I think um, that I know is near and dear to you, not just prayer, but you're a worshiper. Yes. Um, and I think there's a I think there's a big difference. And I'd love to hear your heart on this. Um, it's not necessarily race specific, but I think it is it is specific to this conversation. And that is uh, as a worshiper that happens to help lead in worship in your church, then um, help me understand how you see your role whether they're black, brown, white, or whatever, uh, in that congregation, how do you see your role when you're on stage helping lead and worship? What, how do you see what, okay, this is what God's allowed me to be a part of. Now, what does that really mean? Yeah, I think, um, first I would say, um, one thing I've never been a fan of worship leader. What I have always said is lead worshiper. And I do think it's an important difference because, um, when I'm up there, my, my only aim, and I pray this every time I walk out there and it, and, and that's every service. Um, I ask God to breathe fresh life into my worship. And because what I want is to go out there and just worship my creator with the breath that he gave me and give it back to him. And, um, and my, that's my only aim period. And I would do it so behind good. the curtain and, and it doesn't matter to me. I just want to worship. And so my heart is to simply do that. And I believe that when we do that, we do become lead worshipers. And I, I've I, even standing in the congregation, I've had people before tell me that they were impacted by just that I was worshiping, you know, and maybe they were just sitting next to me, but it caused them to feel that they could be more free in worshiping God, or they encountered God in some way in that moment. And I think um, oftentimes we might get caught up in in the performance of it or, um, you know, things that, that aren't quite just, and I'm not saying we need to be sloppy in our presentation either, but I do think it's very important that that be secondary to our just simple heart of worship and, and, and protecting the integrity of the stage and maintaining that in our lives. Because if our lives are, are in that place and we're spending time with God throughout the week. And by the time we get to the stage on Sunday, it should be really an overflow. All right. So now, okay. You just, you just hit the right spot for me. And now when I think about uh, like Sugar Hill Espanol or or let me get more granular, when I think about in particular the community of people around Sugar Hill that happen to come from Mexico, I think to myself, this is a lot of what I think uh, Val's talking about, authenticity and worship, that for me it feels like there's a brown community that can sniff out uh fake worship like nobody's business it's like i know you don't mean this i know that's a show and i'm not in i mean do you think i'm right about that absolutely 100 percent. i feel that latinos that are here uh just like everybody else uh, are looking for um a legitimate connection with something new that is being taught to them uh and if you get to a place where someone is trying to teach you something from a stage that represents a different language in every aspect 
then you're never going to connect. But when when what you see happening up there is something that you can relate to, then then it's just something that that, that clicks. And oh, that's good. You know, and, and then there's no no opportunity to think about um, whether they're fake or not because I'm I've already connected with where where the leader or the worship leader wants me to connect with and not the person who is leading. I love that, Mal. I love that. I mean, yeah. Val, when you're uh, when you're when you're on the stage. I mean, um, I am motivated to worship because, I, I mean, I, I see your authenticity. But, you know, Karan, I'm 61, and you're what, 12? I mean, come on, bro. Chill out. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess here's my deal. It's like I think that I think the younger the worshiper, like let's just say the 20 and 30-somethings, I think they have this worship BS meter. That that just pings when they realize that's not somebody worshiping, yes. that's somebody performing. I think there's I think there's this there's this twenty or thirty year yeah. gap in there that's like I am not participating in fake worship. Oh yeah, hey, I'll say this, yo. So we talked about the expressive nature of the African American church as well. I will say this: in my adulthood. I have worshipped in predominantly white contexts uh, mm. as a choice um, because just like there is a performance-based style of worship out there um, within any church in America, it's so still true about some African-American churches. They uh, have yet to scratch the surface of what it looks like to allow the Word of God and allow the Spirit of God, if you will, uh, to take complete control over their service. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are true. often times where out of habit, they mm. do and repeat and they sing this long run, this long solo because such and such is talented at singing um, or because they know that the people enjoy when it goes this long and you play this beat and you'll get this response. Like there is still a way of which performance mentality does creep in. That is and so good. Yes, Yes, yes. Regardless of what context, what platform, what church, what culture, you can still sniff out performance-based worship. Let me say this real quick. Um, there was a, a, a brother of mine, uh, Russell Moore. Uh, he's the president of the Ethics and Religions uh, Liberty Commissions of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I heard him speak one time at the Martin Luther King 50 conference. It was a conference where churches from across the nation, black, white, brown, Puerto Rican, Asian, all of them came together to deal with race for reconciliation, repent, and then move on. And they worship all in universal styles. He said this from the stage. He said, if us coming together and being unified uh, by Christ, for Christ, is prohibited because our worship styles are so different, then we need to crucify our worship styles. I thought that was extremely deep, extremely necessary. And when, when I think about that context of us all coming together and crucifying our worship styles, Valerie, Ooh. I know you have experienced that because you have been in a context where the worship style is completely different than what you've been able, uh, what, what you were probably used to. Please tell me how it felt to be uncomfortable and then learn to be comfortable in being uncomfortable in order to give your all to the Lord. Yeah. I mean, what happens is what you realize is, I mean, when we get to heaven, they're not just going to sing Hillsong. 
you know? I, I mean, that's, that's the fact, right? <laughs> and listen, I love some Hillsong worship, but... Um, Yo, hang on, I'm, I'm looking for lightning to come down any second now. <laughs> but that's a, just the truth. I mean, there, there's yeah. we're going to be singing yeah. in, in, in all tongues. We're going to be singing in all languages. We're going to be singing in all styles of worship. And holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Uh-huh. And and I, I just I had some revelation of that even in my in my younger years. And I actually spent um, months living in Mexico when I was 16. And I. I on a, just doing mission work. Yes, I did, Mal. <laughs> um, and during that time, I worshipped on dirt floors with a, a roof that was barely put together. And and Best you know, you, yeah, I mean, you, what you find is God, you because you stop being consumed with what's around you and the appearance and the circumstances around you and the sounds and the. All of oh, that good. just can recognize, and I'm telling you, I didn't understand a word of it for the first couple of months, and it didn't matter because when the Holy Spirit moves, it doesn't matter what language it's in. Oh, mic drop moments. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am so on this. Uh, we're going to have to wrap this segment up, and I hate to because I feel like we're just now getting rolling. Val, would you be willing to come back on again in a few weeks, and we'll pick this topic up again? Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. I, can I just say on behalf of Quran and Mauricio and all of us here at uh, Race Forward, we are grateful for you and grateful that you're our friend. And uh, at a personal level, I am deeply grateful that when I need somebody to pray for something, you're my go to girl. Oh, and uh, yeah. that just blesses my heart. And, and listen, for all of us. Uh, take everything that you heard today is a little different kind of a different kind of podcast today. But but honestly, when I heard Quran talk about, listen, we may we may not have it right. But boy, when we when we get Christ at the center of our worship, however you demonstrate that you're in the right spot. But when Christ is not in the center, you you are missing the glory of God. And uh, I would just say to all of us, man, I don't want to miss the glory of God. Mal, I know you don't because I've, I've, man, I've prayed with you in, in the Yucatan last week. And, bro, we were like praying the Holy Ghost down. Mm-hmm. That was like the most amazing experience of my life. Yes, sir. And so, uh, Mal, why don't you pray us out? And then uh, we're going to hop off and we'll see you guys back next week for another Race Forward God and Race Relations. Pray us out, Mal. Father God, uh, may our hearts our minds and our actions be all in the same level as, as we go to you yeah. and worship and everything we do and everything we think, not just mm-hmm. the outward, but the inward as well. Father, yeah. um, may the how not be as important as the why. Would you please just teach us that as we get closer to you and allow us to be a people that teaches people why we should worship you and find you in that. And, and let the how just be our own style, what comes yeah. in our blood, what comes in our nature, what comes in our background and our history and our culture, Father, and and, and help us to love each other and, and embrace each that from each other so that yes. we may grow as a body and, and we can get closer uh, to looking like what heaven is going to look like. Father, we yeah. love you so much. Thank you for allowing us to be different, for allowing us to be mm-hmm. a different shades and color and for allowing us to be a different types of worshipers. Father, but always allow us and always help us to keep our focus in you. 
and to worship only you. We love you. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul. Yes, sir. Come on, y'all. We're going we, we're to we're get after it this week. I can't wait for y'all to join us again next week on Race Forward, God and Race Relations. God bless you guys. Bye now.